Hello, and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. Today, my guest is Shelly Hancock, and she actually has been a licensed esthetician since 1988. She actually purchased her first skincare center just one year later, and now she spends her days helping her fellow estheticians transform their aesthetics career, and her specialty really is in cutting-edge equipment technologies that will help you attract more clients, get more referrals, and boost your profitability. So today, Shelly and I just, you know, we talk on the phone a lot. So what you're getting is kind of uh, a little bit of girl chat, things we talk about all the time, you know, uh, how to how to make a, a transition in your business if you're not happy where you are, what happens when you do make a transition and you maybe feel like you've lost your identity, which both of us have actually kind of been through. So we share some insight on that. We talk a little bit about what type of equipment to use if you're a newbie and what type of equipment to use if you are book solid and you're interested in in working smarter and maybe not harder. So I think you're going to enjoy the girl talk that we shared today. So just listen in and make sure you listen until the end because Shelly is giving you a free gift. and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. I'm your host, Lori Crete. I'm a licensed esthetician, spa owner, industry consultant, speaker, and journalist, and the founder of the Beauty Biz Club, which is the only professional success-based society designed to dramatically up your bookings, increase your profits, and provide you with industry-specific resources that are needed to succeed. If you'd like to know more about how you can become a member of the Beauty Biz Club, please visit beautybizclub.com. Now I invite you to join me as I feature inspirational messages from industry gurus and practical tips to tap into your best success. Stay tuned for some serious Beauty Biz entertainment. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. I'm your host, Lori Cree, and today I am here with Shelly Hancock. Hello, Shelly. Good morning. This has been a long time in the making. We've been talking about doing the show together for a really long time. <laughs> we have. <laughs> and I think I know what the problem is, what the delay has been. We get on the phone and we start chatting and we don't stop. <laughs> and that takes up a little bit of free time, right? Yes. Over coffee in the early mornings. That's our time. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome finally to the Beauty Biz Show. Thank you much. So where are you today? i like our listeners to know where you're coming from location-wise. Yeah. I'm in Brentwood, California, but I'm in the Northern California Brentwood. Not many people know about it. And you said you have recently moved into your dream home. I did. <laughs> so blessed. So blessed. You and Nate actually got to design and build the home? Um, you know what? We actually didn't. We It was long story, which I'm certainly not going to tell, but we fell into it. But when we found out everything that had been picked, it would have been everything that we picked anyway. So it was just a blessing for us. Awesome. Yeah. Well, let's go back and talk about how you ended up where you are today. Because the last time I talked to you, which was like a week ago, you said, I just am really happy right now. Yeah, it's a, it's a good time. Um, you know, it's funny, I'm 58, 59 this year in 2019. And it's, it like feels strange to say that, but it's a really 
wonderful time in my life. I've been in my career 30 years now. I just feel settled and happy. So getting a little bit older is not that bad. You look good. <laughs> you look Thank really you. good. You're a walking billboard for this industry. Thank you. Thank you. Well, 30, 30 long years. Well, tell me, I know a little bit of the story, but why don't you give us the backstory? How'd you find your way 30 years ago into the beauty industry? And at that time, was there even, I don't think there was an aesthetics license, was there? Did you have to go to cosmetology school? It was called cosmetician, I believe, back then. So you didn't have to go to cosmetology, but it was called cosmetician and not esthetician. Um, I think the hours are about the same as they are now, about 650. But it was really interesting because back then when I did start doing it and I would say to somebody, well, I'm an esthetician, they go, oh, cool. You put people to sleep for a living. I still like, get that sometimes. Do you? Yes. <laughs> It's so funny. He's like, no, I don't. <laughs> kind I of you pimples. do. In a state of relaxation. <laughs> there right? we go. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And tell me a little bit about the first job you landed when you got out of esthetician school or cosmetician school at the time. Well, actually, I the, that how I got into it, I landed a job doing computer work for a dermatologist. I didn't know anything about dermatology or anything back, you know, back then. And he actually asked me if I, I, he could train me to be his back office assistant instead of doing computer work, which is really two opposite ends. But I was just eh, ready for something different in my life. And he started to train me to be his nurse. And he had an esthetician back then in 1987, which was really unheard of for a doctor to have an esthetician. And I watched the clients come out and give her a hug at the end of the treatment. I'm like, who's she and how do I get that job? And, and that's really literally how I got in. I quit that job and went to aesthetic school. I was like, I want that. I want people to hug me and like me. <laughs> that is a big part of it. I'll never forget. I had a client. She actually sold Arbonne multi-level marketing. And I know we get a lot of, we hear a lot of flack about that, but you know what? They've always been great clients of mine. These people that are into the beauty end of it that way. And I'll never forget her saying to me early in my career, Lori, if you hug your clients, it'll change your whole business. And there's something to be said for that, right? Mm -hmm. There is. I did. I started doing that from the very beginning. Nobody like really said anything. I just was a thing that I did. We, we, it's such a, how do I want to say this? We're touching people's lives besides literally touching them, you know, and we become so close to them. And that hug at the end just seems natural. Yeah. And then it turns into a hug at the beginning and the end when you yeah. <laughs> they've really become a loyal clientele. <laughs> we have a topic today. We're going to talk about transitioning in your business because I feel like there are so many estheticians that are just maybe not quite content, not happy, not feeling settled where they are. And I think you and I have both done this a number of times and we could give some good insight and advice. But before we, we roll into that, why don't you tell people what you do now? What does your day look like? What is it that you do in the beauty industry? Yeah, about, to, uh, I don't know, 2005, somewhere around in there, I started realizing I had uh, gathered enough information to be able to start helping other estheticians either start a business or take their existing business to the next level. And my favorite thing is tools. 
I like aesthetic equipment. So, you know, I think it's really good to focus on something. We can't be good at everything. So find that thing that you're super passionate about and focus on it. And so I started focusing on um, finding good pieces of equipment, testing them, and then getting them out to the estheticians. And so I've kind of been um, named the gadget gal or the machine queen. I've got all sorts of fun little names people call me. Um, but they know that if they come to me about equipment, what they're going to get from me is something that's already been tested. So they don't have to spend their time doing that. You know, that's how I found you. I, maybe we've had this conversation before, but I remember walking around the Vegas show and I ended up somehow at your booth and you were doing a machine. This was forever ago. And your husband was there with you at the time. Didn't even grab your card at the time. The internet wasn't what it is today. And like five years later, I thought, Oh my God, she was so nice. And I want that piece (laughs) of equipment And I went on a mad hunch for you. Couldn't find, I didn't even know your name, but I knew kind of what that equipment did. And the universe supports us because a week later, I got an email, uh, an actual mail in the mail flyer from that company. I'm like, oh my God. Oh, I remember that, Lori. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, this is so divine as far as timing. And I picked up the phone and called you. That was several years ago. (laughs) Didn't they have my picture on that advertisement they sent out? I, I you know what? I, I don't even know if they did. I think I Googled the name of the equipment and and you popped up because you were a rep for them at the time. Got it. Got it. They may have, <laughs> but I don't think it was that easy for me. I think I had to do a little bit of research to find you. And I called and I was actually shocked you picked up the phone because that doesn't happen very often. Uh, yeah. And then it's been a love affair between you and I ever since, right? Of course. Yes. Virgos that get each other. (laughs) Yes. And I have to say, for me, you are such a safe place. Like I know when I call and I tell you something, if I need to vent or if I'm annoyed with something, it's not leaving our conversation, which you don't get that with very many people in the world, I don't think. So I appreciate that about you. Thank you. Thank you. So... Well, uh, were you finished telling what you do? So you, or maybe, you know what, as we transition in, continue the conversation about what you do, if there's more to it, and then maybe share what is your favorite piece of equipment right now? Mm, Okay. Well, let me, instead of just going straight to that. Yeah. Let me, let me tell a little bit more about what I, what I do on a daily basis. I, I spend a lot of time on the phone (laughs) and the computer, you know, chatting with estheticians all over the United States about you know, what they truly need to take their business to the next level without having to go out there and waste a lot of money, if that makes sense. I think I know when I had my big spa, there was a lot of money spent that didn't pan out. Pieces of equipment purchased that didn't weren't really that good, um, didn't go over, uh, went to the um, graveyard of equipment in the garage. And so I really want to try to help people not have to go through what I went through. And I also want to be there to help them train because that was one of the main things that really bothered me. No disrespect whatsoever to men, but back then in the 90s, most of the salespeople were men and they would come in and they would give me a treatment with this piece of equipment. And I know they probably had never had it done on them and they'd never had a facial before. And then nobody picked the phone up to help me after I got the piece of equipment. So that's been my main passion about all of this. Well, it's interesting because it, it's just 
no, like you said, no disrespect to men, but men and women operate differently. We use most of the time different parts of our brain and they like to figure things out on their own. They won't even ask for directions when they're driving most of the time. (laughs) We want it mapped out and explained in a video and an audio and a a white paper. We want everything. So we're very different species, aren't we? Yes. True. (laughs) True. Yes. (laughs) So that's, that's literally why I got started in this end of the business. I said, I, you know, to myself, I'm like, the estheticians need to have somebody that they can count on to be there to help them with these things once they've purchased a piece of equipment. I love it. Now, do you want to share your favorite piece or do you have one? Am I asking you like to pick a favorite child now? Oh, (laughs) that's exactly what you're doing. Um, I, I really don't, I love all my toys and I, and I call them toys because I have so much fun with them. You know, I've, I've gotten a little flack for calling them toys by some estheticians. And of course I don't say that to my clients. That's between, that's a, like a fun thing between all you and I, but we, we need to have fun in this industry with what we do. We not, not be so serious about it. And I like being playful. I think it draws people to me as far as the clients. I think that's why I was so successful in my business is because I was fun and playful, not because I was super, um, what do I want to say? I'm not really, I'll say it uptight. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So with that being said that you like to be playful, let's play a little game. Maybe this is an easier way for you to answer these questions. I'm going to give you an esthetician or a spa owner scenario, and you're going to tell me the piece of equipment that you think would be best for them. And this is quick fire. So everybody listening, you probably want to reach out to Shelly if you want more information after she has time to process these questions. It's too early in the morning, Lori, for this quick stuff. Didn't you have your coffee? This is when we shine in the morning. (laughs) Okay, go. All right. So newbie esthetician right out of school, looking to attract clients, wants to do just a signature facial. What instrument would you tell her budget wise and client attraction wise to bring ultrasonic in right spatula. Away? ultrasonic spatula hands down that's the one i got from you first still use it every single day i love it yep i use it in every single treatment nothing more fulfilling than watching blackheads pop out of a nose <laughs> when you glide that ultrasonic spatula across the, the face right yeah, I'm telling you, when I got my first one and I knew I could do extractions with it, it was a client that I knew really well. And so she held a mirror up over the top of her while I started to do the extractions. When and everything started coming out, we both started screaming at the top of our lungs <laughs> with excitement. <laughs> I, speaking of, I can't believe Dr. Pimple Popper actually has her own show on TLC. I guess people are thrilled watching that kind of result, right? Instant gratification. Yeah, yeah. it's a little sick thing that we have, yes. <laughs> Okay, so now let's jump into an esthetician that is successful, making a hundred grand a year, book solid, wants to find a way to make more money in her business. What piece of equipment would you recommend right away? Ooh, I love LED. Uh, it's not an instant gratification type of thing, but I think it's the icing on the cake. Since 2003, I have added it to every single treatment I do. It's not an add-on. I just factor it into the time and the cost. Um, that's the way I end every single facial. Are you able to provide LED to estheticians? I don't know if you, I think you have one, right? Yeah. In fact, I've had many over the years. Uh, my very first LED in 2003 was $10,000. I now know better. We should never spend that kind of money on an LED piece of equipment, but we do want, we do want quality. We also don't want to go on Alibaba or Amazon and, you know, buy a little $200 piece of equipment as well. Uh, I've started working with a company that we've found one that we've got the power of it 
so strong that it's only a five minute treatment now versus 20 to 30 minutes, which is what we've typically had to do in the industry. And that's something we always want to look for, whether it's LED or something else. We yeah, the biggest bang for our buck and for our time. Yes. I compare, I know you said that it's not instant result, but in a way it is. And this is the way I look at LED and I I explain it to my clients, those who really want to sit there and relax for 10, 15 minutes at the end of a facial. Um, it's like putting a blanket over a parrot. I swear it makes my clients uh, go into this relaxation state. And quite honestly, if you can take stress out of somebody's life, even for 15 minutes in this day and age, you're providing them an incredible wellness benefit and an anti-aging benefit. It's so true, Laura. You know, there's, there's been times in my career that I've felt, um, guilty about the amount of money we charge for what we do because I enjoy doing it so much. And, you know, it feels like we make pretty darn good money for an hour worth of time. Right. But, but what you just said, we're, it's more than the equipment that we're using on them. It's what we're giving them with, of our energy as well. You know, I had no idea, and I talked about this a little bit from the stage last year, but I don't think I've talked about it with anyone, and especially on the show, I had no idea how much I had impacted the lives of my clients until I decided to leave my Los Angeles spot. Yes. People were writing to me crying and and begging me, please just come back once a month, and and here's what you helped me do. You helped me put my daughter in rehab. You helped me diagnose the cancer that I had. Like you had, I had no idea. Yeah. It's, I, I went through the same thing when, when I, people crying and that kind of thing. We don't, we don't realize that we, we are psychologists, aren't we? Yes. And what you said, feeling guilty, this is a big reason I do what I do in this industry. I don't want anyone to feel guilty for what they do because there's two mindsets I think you can take in this industry and you'll totally agree with me. And it's hard not to get stuck into the first mindset, which is the pampering people pleaser, right? Correct. And, and, and then stepping up as a professional pampering, like <laughs> practitioner. <laughs> so yes. it, those are the two mindsets. And I work really hard because you're right. Making somebody feel good and loving on them and pampering them and then saying, okay, hand me your credit card is an odd transition in your business to go from one to another all within an hour. And this doesn't pop up in a lot of other businesses. Yeah. It's hard to ask for that money because you've just created that bond with that person that feels so friendship or family-like. And then to say, yeah, hand me your credit card is, is odd. I agree. I was so bad at it in the beginning and not because I would step into the pampering people pleaser mindset so much, but I was used to being a, a flight attendant where everything was done for me on the corporate end of the, I would have people leave my spa and never think anything of it. And the next day their kids would run a check-in going, my mom forgot to pay you yesterday. And I never even realized I didn't charge the person. <laughs> Lori, I did, all the, I did that all the time myself. <laughs> it was so funny. We'd be chatting so much and we'd walk to the door and they'd walk out. A couple seconds later, they come running back in. Shell, I didn't pay you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> great businesswoman I am. And you know, this is where teaching in the industry has helped me. Now I pay more attention to stuff like that. I got to practice what I'm preaching. So if you're out there and you've done it before, know that we can relate, but <laughs> it's not the best way to run a profitable business by any means. No, no, it doesn't pay the bills. <laughs> So if you're on the phone all day long, and, and I also am interacting with people, estheticians and practitioners all the time, all over the place, 
there's something happening in our industry. I don't know if I want to call it an epidemic, but it's really quite uh, common for a practitioner to call me. I'm sure you feel the same and say, you know what? I just don't, I'm not happy where I am right now, or I want to make a change. And I think you and I have done it enough, like literally picked up and started over several times in our career that this is worth having a conversation about for our listeners. It truly is. It, it definitely is. There's a, there's a few different things going on. And I think you and I kind of chatted about this the other day together, the whole automation thing. Like I say I'm on the phone a lot, but I also spend much, much of my time on the computer returning emails. Um, or people say, do you want to, can you text? It's like, there's, we're kind of losing that really talking to a person. Uh, and I think in this business, that's detrimental because it is such a personal business that people are doing everything automated now. I don't know. Am I, am I just old fashioned old, (laughs) you know, you know what? I don't know. It's, it's funny. If you're onto, that is definitely a trend. Even my clients, I had a 90 year old client come in the other day in Palm Springs and she, she uses her phone to text. (laughs) So (laughs) it definitely is where we're going in the industry. Um, how do you see that, that, changing and shifting things within our practice as estheticians? Um, well, I don't know. Maybe it's just a me thing. I, I prefer hearing a voice than always it being typing something out. Um, you can certainly get things done faster by, by one phone call, you know, rather than three emails back and forth. But I don't know how, that, how that's going to affect our treatment room at all, if it will. It's just a personal thing, probably. You know, I think the younger generation is just very used to this. It's one of the things, you know, where, how I've shifted my practice is during my intake process with my clients, I will actually ask them because I'm a big believer that the, the fortune, a lot of your fortune is in your follow-up. So I will ask them, how can I best reach out to you after this facial? And that's actually a note that I, that I keep on their client intake form and in their schedulicity profile in my online booking system. So for sure, I think that's a great idea, Lori. That's, that's a fabulous way. Get, get their preferred way to do it. That's great. And you know, when people join the beauty biz club, now you got me thinking, we actually do a welcome call to every new member. We want to welcome them in, show them, you know, if they have any questions, how to use the platform, tell them a little bit about what goes on inside and nobody answers their phone anymore. Yeah. And nobody has time to listen to anything as well. Right. In it's in its entirety. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I wanted to go back to what you said about people being maybe feeling a little disset, dis, well, unsettled. Um, what was the word that you used? Oh, transitioning. Oh, transitioning. Yeah. Another trend that I think is making this happen is the fact that bigger salons, a lot of them are closing and people are becoming solo practitioners in salon studios. So let's talk about that in a second. But what was your thought going back? Well, I, I just feel like things are a little bit different because there are so many of us now. Like when I started back then, there were there wasn't an esthetician on every corner. Now there's two of them on every corner. And I think it makes it, you know, the, the I don't like the word competition because I think we all attract a different clientele. But I think people are feeling more competitive. So what do I do next? What do I do? How do I, you know, how do I make sure that I get those clients to me and that kind of thing? And that's a very unsettling feeling. And I think that's where everybody is grabbing for the next big thing that's going to help them. 
I feel like daily deals and Grouponing started some. Don't get me started. Yeah. yeah. And I just got asked um, during an interview, how is the industry different now than when you started? And I, I have to say it's a big thing that has shifted that I've seen take place is nobody used to call my spa and say, how much does it cost? Do you have any deals? Yeah. And now, I mean, before I left LA, I barely answer my phone right now because my clients mostly book online, but that was a common question. Like we trained our clients to be deal seekers. I I agree. Nobody ever asked me that back in the nineties and the early two thousands, never. And you want to find something interesting. I know that like as estheticians, we're that it's frustrating all of us, but I have to tell you the estheticians ask me that all the time. Somebody who's never, I've even never even worked before. Can I get a discount? What kind of discount can you give me? So everybody's being trained to do that. Well, it couldn't have come at a worse time because really, like you said, and I never put two and two together before, there's so many of us now and it's so highly competitive and gosh, people used to think going to the spa was such an exclusive thing and they didn't mind paying. I remember when I first looked for an esthetician, when I moved to LA in the mid nineties, it was $700 for a chemical peel and people were paying it. This girl was booked solid. (laughs) Now you're lucky if you can get 70 bucks for a chemical peel. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. I, you know, and I, and I don't know if there's a solution. There will always be people that think that's how they're going to build a business to be the cheapest person on the block. But Mm. if you really want to build an integrity based professional business, it's okay to charge what you think you're worth. As long as you show up like, like an integrity based practitioner and be truly professional, you know, treat it like a real business. Exactly. Something you just said a little bit ago was like the first time you called me, I picked the phone up daily. I'll get people on the other end that when I say, hi, this is Shelly. They like, there's a pause. Like they're, they're thinking it's a machine. I'm, yeah. They're waiting know. for the voicemail. <laughs> Beep. Exactly. I say, really you Shelly? Mm-hmm. You know that I think that's just really important in our business. Well, in any business is, is continuing to have that contact and that and doesn't happen so much anymore. Yeah, I it, we provide intimate services, so having intimate communication and conversations is probably hugely important to building a clientele and especially a loyal clientele. I I still believe so. I mean, I know everything's going automated, but I still believe we have to keep a little bit of that in there. Yeah, we are different. We're a different breed of business than than something you're probably going to go Google on the internet. How do I have a successful business? We have to do things a little bit differently. Correct. And part of that is because of the massive amounts of noise and, and, and competition out there. So I want to ask you, because this is one of the things, again, that I see so many people struggling with. I'm not really happy in my current location. I want to go out on my own. I want to move. I don't like the salon that I'm in. I want to do this. You have one of the things I admired about you. And I've told you this before. Sometimes I'll call you. I go, what are you doing? You go, well, I just decided to move from Northern California to Southern California. I'm going to start over. So What is it that you have built inside that you could share with somebody else that makes you brave enough to just give up something that is going successfully and start over from scratch? A little bit of cray cray, huh? (laughs) Well, a good cray cray. (laughs) Yeah. You know, um, and in fact, I just did an an hour on an hour long audio on this leaping into aesthetic success. I don't, I don't know what it is or why, but I've never been afraid to fail. And I, I spend a lot of time talking to estheticians about leaping 
you know, going for something. They're so afraid to put the toe, the toe in the water and okay. So what it doesn't work, then you, you change gears and you try something else. And I actually, to tell you the truth, I spend more time talking to people about that than I do how to use a piece of equipment they just purchased from me. And I don't, I don't know what it is. If it's just an innate thing and I've always bounced back up on my feet, I've, yep, I've done some things that didn't, you know, didn't go so well, but we have to do it. If you don't do it, where are you going to be? You know, you're going to just be stuck in that place that you're not happy with. It's that definition of insanity, right? You keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result. Yeah. I know when I just recently gave up my business, sold it in LA and moved two hours away and had to start over. It was hard because I had such a successful business that I devoted 22 years of my life to. And, and I kept questioning myself, am I crazy for doing this? But it was taking its toll on my body. And one of the things that helped me, and I wonder if you do this too, was just having a a solid plan of action in place before I did it. Like I knew where I wanted to be. I knew what I wanted my new business to look like. So it wasn't necessarily like the financial stability of it that I had in place, but it was a clear plan of action. Do you do that? Or are you more of an, I'm on a whim kind of girl? Oh, I'm a whim, which is, which drives my husband crazy. <laughs> I think, I think your way is probably a much, um, <laughs> a much better way to do it, Lori. <laughs> But whichever way, I think people have to do it. I know recently, this is something else that I think will inspire our listeners. You've started seeing clients again. You stopped for a little while. Why don't we talk about maybe one or two ways you've gotten people back into your treatment room? Oh, goodness. I didn't expect this to happen. And that that just triggered what I was thinking about, Lori, is this this actually is the first time in 30 years I haven't owned a spa, an actual full-on location spa. And it was very hard for me because I identified who I was by being a spa owner. Even though for years I've been doing this other part of mentoring, there was something about I couldn't mentor somebody if I wasn't owning a spa at the same time. And it was very, very hard for me to let go of that, um, that, that part of my identity. But I knew that I needed to if I wanted to focus because that's that whole focus thing. I was trying to do too much and stressing myself out. Uh, so when we moved, we were not supposed to be having a spa or anything like that. And I said, but I just need to set a little treatment room up. Cause you know, I've got to do my videos and stuff. And <laughs> then we moved into this 55 year and older community, which is absolutely beautiful. By the way, we're in the vineyards. It's gorgeous. And then pretty soon the ladies started hearing what I did. Oh, I would like, Oh, I'd love to have a facial. <laughs> oh, sure. And before you knew it, I'm, I'm starting to work on all these faces here. So I did not anticipate this, but it's happening. Um, and I love it because I love my time in the treatment room. That's peaceful time for me. People ask me all the time, why are you still in the treatment room? And I say, because I find joy in the treatment oh, room. I just said that to my husband the other day. I said, I know, you know, we really didn't want me to be doing treatments and I'm not doing that many, but I said, it does my heart good. I, I, I just feel so good when I'm touching and, and the, the look on somebody's face when I get finished. It's priceless. And what a great opportunity, you know, just to connect with all different people. I had a teen in my office that didn't want to go to school because her breakouts were so bad. And then I had a 90 year old woman who's lonely. She's lost all of her friends and her husband. So this is like her social hour to come in and chat with me. And then I had 
a woman who just finished her cancer treatments that just said, please help my skin look better. So it's a diverse way of, of really connecting with other human beings in a beautiful way, I think. We are, I think we, as estheticians, we are extremely blessed. Yeah. I feel the same way. Yeah. So going back to something you just said, identity, when you Mm -hmm. are transitioning from one thing to another, this is something I recently learned and you just touched on it. You can expect to feel confused when I gave up my spa and, and the next few months after I just took them off and I felt like looking back now, I walked around my house like a zombie for a month or two. And when I would be out in public and people would say, what do you do? I'd say, oh, I own a spa in Los Angeles. And then I'd think to myself, you're lying. How are you going to tell them that you don't do that? But it just came out automatically. So do you go through identity crisis every time you make a big transition and how do you deal with it? Yeah. Interesting. It's just time. You know, I, I did, I can remember this is really funny. Back when I was very young, I was a professional dancer. Um, and you know, I worked on princess cruises. I traveled with a circus, all these things. And, but I did it at a very young age. And I remember still saying I was a dancer, professional dancer well into my twenties because I so identified with that's who I was. And I had to finally just let that go. Cause it's not who I am now and have to be proud of what I'm doing at the moment, whatever that is at whatever time of my life. And I think that's kind of a hard thing to do sometimes. I've realized over the years, I'm a great motivator. Uh, I'm a great connector, but I'm not great at all the technical things that have to do with any industry. I'm just not. And I used to feel bad about that. And now I just say it right up front. That's not who I am. This is who I am. And it just, I feel so much more peaceful when you just fall into who you really are. Yeah. Yeah, that's the truth. And um, I don't think, I don't know very many estheticians that are good at the techie side of stuff. That's why we need to delegate and be okay bringing helpers into our lives. Right. We bring those people that do know how to do that into our lives. Yes. And that goes back to thinking and knowing what your hour's worth. My goodness, if you can do a facial for 50, 60, 70, 80, $300, there's such a wide range. Why wouldn't you pay somebody else $25 to do something techie for you? (laughs) Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Can I get a discount? (laughs) Yeah. And, and I think too, and when this goes back again to the identity thing, I'll never forget my mentor saying to me when I wanted to make a change, and this is kind of what it sounds like Nate was saying to you. She's like, you can't be down here and up here at the same time, pick and choose where you want to be and you want to spend your time. Right. Yeah. I found when I spread myself too thin, something's always going to fall through the cracks, right? I'm not going to be really good at one thing if I spread myself too thin. So um, I, I find a lot of estheticians doing that too, trying to be too too much. Find your passion and just focus on that area. Yeah. That's the truth. Like know what you're really good at. And, and even I, I do find in the estheticians that are making multiple six figures that I've worked with for several years now are, are really honed in on one specific service where they're just known for that. They're the best of in their town. And I think that could be anything from lash extensions to spray tanning, right? It just depends. Oh, definitely. Where you find joy in your practice. That's one of the really amazing things about our industry is there is so many avenues, so many to take that you can't shame on you. If you get bored, (laughs) you know, shame on you. If you can't find something you're passionate about, because there's, there's just too many ways to go in this industry. Yeah. And don't be scared to go one way. 
just take this solid path and, and everything else seems to fall in place as far as profitability and client attraction when you do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, where can people find you? You're not just in your community doing facials. Do you still do the Shelly Show and Tells? Um, I I haven't for a while because when we bought the house, it's like, you know, you get in that kind of, I just want to be at home kind of thing. Um, but this year I'm going to start going out again. But I do have to tell you, here's an interesting thing. In December, we did a Shelly Show and Tell at my new house. And it was one of the best workshops I think I've ever had because everybody just kind of curled up on the couch, took the shoes off, started talking to each other, got comfortable, and we really got into it. You know, it was just really fun. You get at a hotel and everything's so official, you know, people are afraid to speak up. Everybody just let loose and it was so fun. I'm doing it again this um, in February. It, I, I think it might be a regular thing. Where would somebody fly into if they wanted to fly in and, and yeah. drive to your house? Oakland would be the closest. Unfortunately, we are a little bit out here in, in the boonies, um, but it's well worth the trip because it's just really pretty out here. And I did. I have. I had uh, two girls come from Colorado, somebody come up from Los Angeles. Uh, in this next one, I have somebody coming from Texas. So it's kind of worth the trip to come and, and be in this small group and just really hear what other estheticians are doing. Probably the same thing as your groups that you do. Yeah, they're flying in from all over the place. I actually, I had somebody from Australia at my last event, which yes. I go, good for you. And this is something actually, if we're going to talk about trends and transitions, um, I think people are willing to travel for good education now more so than ever in our industry. Yeah, I, it's, it's much, it's much needed now. And I love trade shows, don't get me wrong, but there's something to be said for an intimate group sharing a conversation uh, it, it, to me, you need to be doing both go out there and get your supplies at the trade show, but take advantage of something like this, where you can sit and chat with other people who are out there trying to accomplish the same things that you are, or, or people who have done what you want to do. Hugely important. Yeah. I, I don't love trade shows, <laughs> you know, did them for years for me. Why I don't like them is uh, there's no connection. People are just flying past my booth, they ask a question and then they move on before I've even finished the answer, you know, and it's not fulfilling to me. I want to sit and spend the day and really connect with you and really help you. Yeah. They're definitely shifting. I have to say the trade show world, that's a whole different conversation, but, um, you know, if you want to bump in, get some education and get your supplies, that's one thing I, for the trade shows, I actually worked at the Dallas trade show. I spoke at it last year and that trade show was so incredible to me. I'm going back this year to, uh, to work with a vendor because I like being on the trade show floor. Call me crazy. Maybe it's like, brings me back to my flight attendant days where there was just chaos around you all day long. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) So as we wrap up the show today, I want you to do two things. First of all, tell people where they can find you. What's your website URL? It's just my name, ShellyHancock.com, and that's Shelly with an E-Y. <laughs> Spell it out thoroughly for somebody. You got it. S-H-E-L-L-E-Y-H-A-N-C-O-C-K.com. Perfect. And on that website, there's all kinds of resources for you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'll get phone calls. Shelly, I just spent two hours on your website. Yeah. All <laughs> kinds of resources, tools, you name it, upcoming events. So go ahead and visit her website. 
if you are interested in taking your practice to the next level. And Shelly, before we, we end the podcast today, let's talk a little bit or have you share maybe one or two success tips for practitioners that are listening in. What I'd actually like to do is I recently taped an hour audio, like I said, calling leap, called Leaping Into Success. And it's just the story of not being afraid and taking that leap and 30 years of success. And I'd like to send that to anybody who emails me for free. And just you can email me at contactme at shellyhancock.com. And I think you're going to get a lot of nuggets just by listening to that. But my main thing that my main hmm, message is don't be afraid. Try, fail, get back up and go back out there again. I mean, that's that's good for life in general. But really, in this in this industry, that's what you need to do. Awesome. Take advantage of that for sure. One of the reasons we do the show is to share these things, give you free resources to make your beauty biz world a better place. So Shelly, I know you're busy. You probably have 65 phone calls to return this morning. I almost said emails. (laughs) So I'm going to let you get back to your day, but I want to thank you for spending time with me on the show today. Thanks, Lori. You're the best. You too. Thanks, Shelly. Thanks for tuning into the beauty biz show. I hope this episode leaves you feeling inspired to build the beauty biz of your dreams. If you'd like to know more about how you can become a member of the beauty biz club, the only professional success-based society designed to fuel your success by providing you with the ongoing resources that are needed to excel in the beauty industry, please visit beautybizclub.com. Again, that's beauty biz club.com. Also, if you'd like a copy of my free report, top 10 secrets of successful beauty biz practitioners, please visit lorikrete.com. 